Welcome today to Outpouring from the Throne Room of God with Ty and Betsy Tice. Today's podcast is called Don't Throw Out the Baby with the Bath Water. The Bible reading is Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Today's Bible reading focuses on looking unto Jesus rather than the weights and the sins that ensnare us. The other night around 3 a.m., I laid in my bed, recalling all the wonderful things that have happened to Betsy and me over the past 50 years of marriage. As I recalled the good times, they always seemed to come to an ending with something sad or a toxic ending. Nothing that Betsy and I were doing, but these were just situations and the circumstances that we were in. Changes such as buying a new home, entering a new job, making career changes that are all stressful impacts that steal our joy and happiness in our lives. Then we find on a personal level that many friends were temporal and were only there in our life for their benefit. Before I met Betsy, I owned a 27-foot Owens Cabin Cruiser that I kept birth at Jack London Square in Oakland, California, just off the San Francisco Bay in the entrance to the Sacramento-San Joaquin River Delta with hundreds of miles of rivers and inlets to explore. During this time, I had many friends always willing to go fishing or just cruising for the day. My popularity fizzled away the very day I sold the boat. Go figure. Yet, there were a few who were still close friends even to this day. Though we lived thousands of miles apart, these friends were Friends were not built on temporal, social, or job environments or things that we had or didn't have, but on a relationship. One such friend was Walt, who worked with me at Kaiser. Though we did the boat and the work thing, our true friendship was a relationship with Jesus, which him and his wife were running to while I was running away from God like Jonah. Walt didn't know until this year what impact he had on my life. Other altering events are marriage, divorce, and death. Though marriage is a wonderful time, the adjustment of having someone else in your life along with their baggage and family can be overwhelming. Divorce leaves many scars, bitterness, and self-doubt. 
The bitterness, if not coupled with forgiveness, will lead to hatred and self-destruction. Death of a loved one is like cutting out part of our heart that will never mend. Grief seems to incur self-abasement, if only, as though you could have prevented the death. All three of these events can overshadow the joy and happiness once felt. The last of these is a friendship that has turned toxic. It doesn't mean that the people were bad. You were their friends for a reason. This relationship becomes controlling and suffocating where your life is no longer your own to enjoy. Jesus says, I have come to bring you life and bring it more abundantly. If a person suffocates and hampers your well-being, that is when we call that type of relationship toxic. So how do we keep the joy and throw out just the bath water? As we said, throwing out the baby with the bath water. Jesus addresses our life mission as he instructs the 70 he sent out. Luke 10, 1 through 23, New King James Version. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money, bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. And heal the sick there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, The very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethesda. For it is mighty works which were done in you, had been done in Tyre and Sidon. They would have repented a long time ago sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Titan and Sidon at the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who has exalted to the heavens, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears you hears me, and he who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me, who sent me. Then the seven day returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan full like, fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you 
the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. Consider the first verse. He sent them out two by two before his face in every city and place where he himself was about to go. I kind of am tickled by this because as they're looking at his face and taking his lead, he is literally omnipresent around them. Even though he is coming behind, he is going before. Here is the joy to grab and to hang on to. He has guided you to this place and time where you can share his love no matter what or whomever you are addressing, for they will see his presence. Jesus himself faces you that his reflection will be seen, not yours, but his so many may welcome his presence as he comes into their presence. Doesn't matter if you're a housewife, a ditch digger, or some great potentate. It is only his presence that makes a difference. As Jesus sent the 70 out, he gave three missions to be fulfilled. The first is a personal mission. mission. Go two by two. Let no one distract you. How many times do we get distracted when God tells us to go someplace and yet we're off to someplace else? He said, no, when I send you out, don't be distracted by anything else. And also, take no extra provision for yourself. Why? Because he himself will provide. How does he provide? Through those he sent you to. That comes into our second which is an individual mission. He instructs us, don't go door to door, but only to the house I direct you to. If they receive you, declare peace to this house. If the son of peace is there, it will rest upon them. If not, it'll be restored back to you. I kind of chuckle at this part. You see, even when Jesus fed the 5,000, he had to collect up the remaining. Nothing ever goes to waste with, when God is in it. He collects that, and he brings it right back. So if they don't have peace, he takes a piece back and puts it back on you. Stay as long as you, they desire you to stay, and receive their blessing from the labor is worthy of his wages. In other words, he has provided for them to feed you, to care for you, as long as as they choose you to stay. Wow, what a way to go on a mission. 
not knocking door to door, but wherever God has brought you to, stay, and then he will provide through them for your well-being. The third, I'll have Betsy read, is the corporate mission. Whatever city you enter in, if they receive you, eat what is set before you, heal the sick, and declare the kingdom of God has come near to you. However, if the city does not receive you, go into the streets of that city and declare, even the dust of your city which clings to us, we shake off against you. But let it be known that the kingdom of God has come near you. I am very surprised at this because basically there's also something else here. If they receive you, then heal the sick. He has given them power to lay hands on the sick and they would be healed. But if they receive, the sick remain sick. And those that didn't receive you are rejected, even to the dust being turned against them. Many times when God is bringing us through change and people walk away, we feel rejected. The Lord shows us here that if it is pure, our peace comes back on us. If there is a false accusation and or lies being spread about you, even the dust of their city should not remain on you. I love to tell the story of the two Baptist brothers. And mind you, it could be any denomination. It could be Pentecostal. It could be uh, Episcopalian. But as a son of a Baptist preacher and raised as a Baptist boy, I'll just use Baptist for the example. Two Baptist brothers met at a conference in another state. The one declares he belongs to a particular state conference. The other says, me too, and then declares the regional conference. And the other excitedly says, me too. And then he declares the Northern District Conference. The other responds, he was in the Southern District Conference, at which the first responded, heretic. You must understand in this joke of a saying, so many times we get so self-involved in who we are, we can't see what God is doing with others. Brothers and sisters, it's not us four no more close the door. We're not going to get go through the pearly gates and find a room with just Baptists in it and then another room with just Episcopalians. We're all going to be standing before the throne, throwing any crowns that he has given to us at his feet and saying, only you are worthy to receive. Some will reject you because they can't see anyone but themselves making it to heaven. Sorry, here's what my Bible says. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You mean there's going to be Catholics in heaven? You betcha. You mean there's going to be Pentecostals in heaven? You betcha. You mean there's going to be Baptists in heaven? You betcha. Do many miss the heavenly gates? You betcha. Why? Because they were so consumed in their self-absorption, they didn't see what God wanted them to see.
Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 puts it this way. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for beforehand that we should walk in them. And here are some verses to ponder. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, New King James Version. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Lord Jesus, by your grace, let me see others the way you see them. Continue to fill me with your peace and joy. Teach me how to shake off the dust and rejection as you so well did. Show me how you did it and be able to declare your kingdom forevermore. For that is my desire and I know that's the desires of my brothers and sisters who are listening to this podcast. Lord, that we might be more like you and that we can shake off the dust of rejection and walk in your kingdom and in your light in the name of Jesus Christ, our only begotten Son of God, Savior and Lord. Amen. Tell